Hi, this is Roy Jones with Man Talk Radio Podcast. Our mission is to break down the walls of race and denomination. Your chosen Truth Radio broadcast will be starting in just a few seconds. Thank you. This is the Truth Network. You get the Ginsu knife, the matching carving fork, the versatile six-in-one kitchen tool, a set of six steak knives, and the spiral slicer. You get them all, guaranteed in writing for 50 years. To infinity and beyond! Welcome to the Christian Car Guy Radio Show. I say this calls for action, and now... Eternal warranty today. I don't know if you've ever thought about that concept. (laughs) But an eternal warranty today on the Christian Car Guy Show... And I've got my good friend Jerry, my Christian body shop guy, with me here. So, eternal warranty. That sounds like a deal, doesn't it, Jerry? Yeah. It's the eternal part, yeah. It's better than the Ginsu knives, man. <laughs> eternal better than, what, 50 years? Is that what it said? Yeah, forever and ever. So, that was the English concert choir doing the Hallelujah Chorus. And I hope if you were driving, you didn't try to stand up, but... <laughs> Please don't. (laughs) But today's show is brought to you, as always, by a Hebrew letter. And today, really cool. I think you're really going to enjoy this uh, as we dive into the Hebrew letter Vav, right? Which is just a straight line coming down. And uh, you might remember those old Ginzu ad knives, right? Buy these knives now, and there's more. And we'll throw in the slicer, and there's a set of six steak knives. And there's more, a 50-year warranty. (laughs) Well, I... Those ads worked really well. That's why you heard so many of them back then. And the reason it worked is actually a biblical principle that's based on the Hebrew letter Vav. So, King David, you may know, in the 119th Psalm, spent eight verses on each letter to try to show us the wisdom and understanding and the principles of each of these letters. And so, when we get to the Vav section of the 119th Psalm, right, it really is a picture of what this line, what this letter means. And the idea of the Vav is, and there's more, <laughs> right? And there's more. And so when you put a Vav after something, you're saying there's more coming, or there's a continuation, or and. And so when each each verse, obviously, of, of the 119th Psalm starts with the corresponding letter that it's in, so each letter of the Vav section starts with the Vav, so guess what? It's it's a continuum, and as you go through these particular eight verses, you get, and there's more. And Paul Harvey, as Paul, Paul Harvey would say, <laughs> and the rest of the story. Right, and so it's really a really beautiful thing. So the whole section itself is a continuum on the hay, which was the previous letter, but we're not going to go into that right now. So the first verse says, let thy mercies also come, which it actually starts out with also in Hebrew, because it's a continuum. And it says, let thy mercies come also unto me, even thy salvation. Now, we've talked about this before, but if you hadn't heard previous shows, the word salvation in Hebrew, it's going to sound really familiar to those of you who who love Jesus. It's Yeshua, okay? <laughs> in this case, it's Teshuva. Um, and, and so when you hear that word salvation, well, J- Jesus in Hebrew is, is salvation. I mean, same thing. 
And Christ means the anointed one, but Jesus is first name. <laughs> Always say that. But anyway, Jesus is Yeshua or salvation. And so when he said, let thy mercies come also unto me, which is sort of this loving kindness, um, hesed word that's in Hebrew. And then he says, and he continues it, and, and there's more, even thy salvation, right? He's saying there's more. Well, I have to tell this story because it's, it's, it blows my mind. There's a fabulous Hebrew teacher, a rabbi in Canada by the name of Mendel Kaplan. And I watch hours and hours and hours of his teaching because he knows the Torah like nobody I've ever seen. And he teaches on all this stuff. So when he is teaching on this verse of the 119th Psalm, he is very transparent. And I got to give him credit for not being a poser. He goes, I do not understand what this verse says. Well, think about it. If you were a Jew, you wouldn't understand what this verse says, right? And he was like, why would he double the word? Because he said loving kindness and salvation is the same thing, right? Because the challenge is, if you're Jewish, you don't understand what salvation even is. You don't even know because you don't know Jesus, right? I mean, it's, it's, it's really a tragedy when you think about it. He goes, and, and he even asked all the people, he said, give me an example out there. If anybody in the class can give me an example of somebody showing you a kindness, a hesed, and, and that was not also salvation, that also didn't solve your problem, right? And that was all he was looking for was, was a kindness that solved your problem, that the, that the solving of the problem was more escalated because it had to be second, so it had to be a bigger deal than the kindness. And he couldn't, and all these people, they came up with stuff, and he argued it. And this went on for 20 minutes in this particular thing of, of him trying to show that, see, it's the saying the same thing. Was you leaning forward, Robbie, saying, I got the answer. <laughs> I was raising my <laughs> call hand. Call on me, call on me. <laughs> call on me. Well, think about it. Let me give you the one that I thought of. Maybe you got a better one. Was how about Judas at the, at the table, right? Jesus washed his feet. That was a kindness. But he didn't get salvation. Right? I mean, terribly sad. Because what David is saying here is I'm not I'm asking you to bring my salvation, right? Now, he went on to teach this beautiful, 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 and I'm going to talk about it later in the show, example of what the Midrash teaches on how what King David was really saying was I know that I'm in the line of Jesus. I know that I'm in the line of the Savior, so I need you to bring salvation to my family, like my generations. And so he's trying to continue this on past himself, right? And so as he is going on, and there's more, right? And there's more. And he says, so shall I wherewith have an answer to him that reproacheth me, for I trust in your word. See, he's saying, again, I've got answers why I'm spending so much time in your word. And take not the word of truth utterly out of my mouth, for I have hoped in your judgments. And then listen to this fourth verse, which is the continuum of continuums. So shall I keep thy law continually forever and ever. And if you look closely there, it's a triple continuum that's based on a continuum itself. So continually, <laughs> forever and ever, right? That's more than from infinity. That's way more than Buzz Lightyear ever thought about right there. <laughs> okay. So continually, forever and ever, which is what King David knew based on this prayer that he had. The, my, my question is, since he knew that he was quoting Deuteronomy 4, 6 to an extent, that to keep the law was wisdom. 
okay? And he knew that from the law. And so that's when he kept on saying, according to your word, according to your word, to keep the law is wisdom. So, and if you know, Jesus is wisdom, So, and the law is Jesus, and so to keep Jesus forever and ever and ever is, oh, by the way, wisdom. So my question to you today is I've really just been pondering this, because obviously I want my kids to have it and my kids' kids to have it, and it's on us, right? We're just one small part of a big sweep of history that's coming on, and how do we get this eternal warranty? So how do we keep his word? How do we keep Jesus? 866-348. I'm not kidding. This is not rhetorical. I, I'm really wondering, you know, your wisdom. How do, you, how do you perceive that I am going to keep Jesus continually forever and ever? <laughs> What's this? That's, a, that's a continuum there, Jerry. Yeah, and it, you know, we start breaking it down. Is how, how, does, how do I pass that on? Because our lifespan here on earth that we're able to do that, then we see the glory of God by doing that. But then how does those we leave behind or those we come in contact with, how do we continue that chain? And and, and I, before we came on the air, one of the things I just thought about is, as Robbie was talking about this was I love Josh McDowell when he, he kind of put, sort of put this in focus for me, sort of the polar opposite of what we're talking about is, well, he teaches on how just one generation can lose Christianity, you know, that, that, and so we're, we, we're the ones in the gap. We're the ones that have to fill the gap today. Right. We have to keep it. And, and, and so, you know, here's our opportunity. And, and again, it's a eternal continuum, <laughs> like wowzers, like, <laughs> uh, you know, <laughs> this is way beyond anything that I have or can think of. We would love your insight. 866-348-7884, 866-34-TRUTH. Again, we're talking about the Vav section, the 119th Psalm, is verse 41 through 44. So, as I mentioned, he had a beautiful understanding uh, Mendel Kaplan did, and I hope y'all are praying for him. I pray for him all the time. Like, God, I'm hoping someday I can actually call him and feel like, you know, God's given to me, because I keep praying. Like, should I call him and bring this up? Because, you know, just have a, a real discussion with him, because I have just so much respect for him. But he has a beautiful understanding of how this happened with Jacob and Esau and Isaac. When we come back, but more than that, I need your view of how you keep this. 866-348-7884. And oh yeah, we're going to talk about car warranties too. I couldn't help it. Well, yeah, we're going to go there. So stay tuned. So much more Christian Car Guy Show coming up. You're listening to The Truth Network and truthnetwork.com. You get the Ginsu knife, the matching carving fork, the versatile 6-in-1 kitchen tool, a set of six steak knives, and the spiral slicer. You get them all, guaranteed in writing for 50 years. To infinity and beyond! Eternal today on the Christian Car Guy Show. What does that mean to you? (laughs) 
I hope you have your eternal warranty. And we're working on that whole thing. And today's question I'm asking is, you know, is, is wisdom, according to Deuteronomy, to keep the law or to keep Jesus? You know, same kind of concept there. But what do you do to keep it? I mean, what does that look like practically? How do you actually make that happen in your life in such a way that it's going to impact generations? Because here's what I, I don't. I hope a lot of you have seen the, the, the series, The Chosen. There's an app, you know, and a beautiful, beautiful series on the life of Jesus. And there's some lines in there that have gotten down in my soul that I can't forget. And, and in the first episode of season two, they're in Samaria after the woman in the well incident. And the, and the disciples are going nuts because they don't like Samaritans, okay? <laughs> These people don't wear masks. They're not vaccinated. I don't know what the problem is. <laughs> <laughs> like the wrong kind of music, yeah, the wrong uh, kind of color of carpet. Uh, man, I mean, they are, and the and the disciples are going nuts on Jesus, trying to say, "What are we doing?" You know, these people are spitting at him, throwing rocks, and all this stuff. And um, Jesus looks at them and and says something that just grabbed my soul. He said, "Don't you understand what we are doing here? Will impact this community for generations." and centuries, centuries. Actually, what he was doing right there with the disciples was going to impact the kingdom forever and ever continually from, you know, infinity and beyond, right? That it didn't have to do with the petty what have you. It had to do with, you know, loving these people and and building the kingdom and, and understanding really you know, what Jesus is and, and what the law is and, and those kind of things. So I told you that there was a story I wanted to share, but I, I really want to know in your heart, how do you keep this stuff to the point that it impacts centuries later? 866-348-7884, 866-34-TRUTH. So my friend, <laughs> I just know him from video, my friend Mendel Kaplan was, you know, trying to understand this verse um, the, you know, the verse of let thy mercies come also unto me, even thy salvation. And, and he went to the Midrash and he found this, this teaching that was absolutely beautiful, which talked about, and, and I've, I know you've never heard this story told this way. So, you know, what can I tell you? It's other than that this is the way they teach it, that, you know, the story of Jacob and Esau and that Rebecca you know, had Jacob put on the hairy arm treatment, <laughs> right? So he could deceive his father, Isaac, into getting the blessing. Now, the blessing is the forever and ever thing here. This is the eternal warranty, right? Because what we're doing when we're giving a blessing to the next generation is we're passing on the favor of God that you've had, okay? I'm, I hope you're like me and you've enjoyed God's favor <laughs> and you know what it means to have mercy and then salvation, okay? So now I have that, now I'm gonna pass it on. So what they are looking, what Isaac was looking for in his two sons, because he had twins, he was looking for, for the concept of the Baal Teshuvah, okay? And Baal Teshuvah means a master, Baal, and the Teshuvah means of return. Now what this concept is essentially the prodigal son. 
somebody that would get down in the ditch and then have the wherewithal to get out of the ditch and get their way back out. Well, from Isaac's point of view, Esau was the man. He was out there in the woods. He could do this kind of stuff. But his other son was a mama's boy. <laughs> you know, He sat in the corner and he studied or whatever he did. But from Isaac's point of view, he was not the man, right? So he was going to pass on his blessing to what he said was the man. But his wife, Rebecca, she knew from God that it wasn't Isaac that was the Baal Teshuvah, wouldn't remake himself to be a man of God. It was, in fact, Jacob, right? And so she talks Jacob into doing the whole airy arm trick, <laughs> right? Well, what you've always heard and what the way the Bible reads in the King James Version is that when Isaac found out that he'd been tricked, he trembled. Well, the Jews teach that word completely different. They say he was thrilled because he realized, from their point of view, that Jacob was a Baal Teshuvah. He realized, oh, he's not the little mama's boy if he could pull off this shenanigan. <laughs> I mean, just think about that. You know, that, that Isaac, according to them, he immediately realized and recognized God's providence. Like, if this is happening, God may want, must want the blessing on Jacob, which means that he is the Baal Teshuvah, which means he is the one that eventually will be like King David was. A, you see, King David went down in the ditch and he came clear back out. He was a Baal Teshuvah, and these, this is a big deal. And they know, the Jews do, that Jesus, the Messiah, was going to be the ultimate Baal Teshuvah. And what a sad, sad commentary it is on life, from my point of view, that talk about a, the master of return. How about return from the dead? I mean, <laughs> I, I mean, Don't talk about it. Better than that, I tell <laughs> He had the entire sin of the world on him. I mean, talk about getting down in the ditch. I mean, he was the he was the serpent on the pole, right? He had the entire sin of the world on him. And when he returned from the dead, you see, he was the absolute Baal Teshuvah of all time, right? And when he returned from the dead, do you get the picture? Like what they've been looking for the whole time, the blessing that's been returned. So now the ultimate Baal Teshuvah, you've looked up at the pole, you've looked up at the cross, and you've accepted his salvation, his kindness, and his mercy, right? Now how do we keep that, right? How do we take that on and on and on and on practically like you know i want my kids i want i want to pass on the blessing <laughs> i don't know how to pull off the whole art hairy arm deal but <laughs> no i know that it's really cool and, and and i think you know hey my kids have potential because <laughs> they sure have gotten into enough trouble that i can see <laughs> So anyway, we got so much more, but I want to know, how do you keep, uh, come on, this can't be that hard, 866-348-7884, 866-34-TRUTH. We got so much more coming back. You're listening to The Truth Network and truthnetwork.com. You get the Ginsu knife, the matching carving fork, the versatile 6-in-1 kitchen tool, a set of six steak knives, and the spiral slicer. You get them all, guaranteed in writing for 50 years. To infinity 
and beyond. Eternal warranty today on the Christian Car Guy Show. And, you know, this whole idea <laughs> of how do you keep the law continually forever and ever? I mean, uh, that verse is particularly challenging. It's verse 44. There's actually few words in it. And it says simply, so, and, and this is a promise from the psalmist. So shall I keep, this is a continuum to what all the other stuff that he's prayed for, he said, when you, when you come through for me here, God, <laughs> so I shall keep the law continually forever and ever. And, and so just to break down those words for us all a little bit, um, which is helpful to me, the word keep there was originally, you find that in the Bible where God told Adam to keep the garden. He told him to dress the garden too. So there were two things he was told to do, keep it and dress it. And then, oh, by the way, those Angels with the flaming swords that 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 you know guarded the garden. They were to keep the garden, <laughs> so you get the idea that it has something to do with guarding here, but it also has something to do with engaging it. And the thing I think about was where Adam failed. Right? Was relationally the the thing I'll never understand. I guess I'll ask him when I get there. Is it was is what we were just talking about, Jerry, that the difference between understanding all this stuff, like I'm telling you, my friend Mendel Kaplan, he understands it. Woo, I mean, it's beautiful. But he doesn't have a relationship, you see? And and if Adam had just turned and said, Jesus, I got problems here. <laughs> you know, there's this snake, <laughs> you know, or whatever. It, 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 Right, because to to some extent, if you don't have the relationship in the midst of this, I don't know how you keep it. Yeah, you, I think that is the key. I mean, we can know it in a heart. We can know the scripture. We can be at church every Sunday, every time the door is open. We be we can be the one who at work is handing out the little pamphlets and and stuff like that. But if we personally don't have that relationship, the world sees it as shallow, and that they. they it's not going to draw anybody to Christ. And I think it's the same thing with our kids. I think just moving forward, you know, it's engaging them into getting involved and understand Scripture and understand God's providence, understanding God's grace, understanding that God is in control. What have we been going through? God's still in control. But yet they need to see us living that and us having a relationship with our Lord and Savior because that's really what all of a sudden as you mentioned, you know, it, it uh, that's sort of the fuel, you know, that, that, that passes it on because of if we don't have that. Right. Well, for, well what looks know, encouraging about it? I kind of hesitate to tell this story because I don't, I hate to toot my horn, but it's just kind of what God did for me. And so I'm going to share it. So this year I asked for my word of the year, like I always do. And I'm like, okay, God, what's my word of the year? And he told me, um, engage. I'm like, okay, I like that word. <laughs> I've struggled with that my whole life. How does that work? What is, am I going to engage in you, engage in work, engage, you know? And of course, he doesn't give you a lot of details, just gave me a word. And so we begin to pray. And every morning I would get my, you know, I, I go and I ask questions. That's part of my relationship. I get in his lap and I'm like, God, where are we going today? And so he starts having me memorize scripture. And he, and he started out with actually the 16th Psalm after I'd memorized the 23rd Psalm years ago. And then 
he wanted me to memorize the 16th Psalm, and now I here I am in the 119th Psalm, so I'm going to be here for a while. <laughs> but nonetheless, as I have been memorizing this stuff and spending time with him, it's amazing how many times a day these things come to life. It's like I'm, I'm listening to Mendel Kaplan, and, and he's talking about the relationship between Hesed and, and Teshuvah or the relationship between loving kindness and salvation. And I went, well, that's not the only place it is, Ken. I mean, you look at the end of the 13th Psalm because King David said it there too. He said because he was getting all this grief from everybody who was bugging him. And he said, you know, but I have trusted in your Hesed, in your loving kindness and in my heart, I will see your Yeshua. I will see your Jesus. And, 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 and see, he made the connection before, so it wasn't the first time that, that, that King David makes reference to this, and, and, and it's part of the deal, that as we, however we go about engaging God's word, however he shares with you, which to me has to do with the relationship, is I don't take any credit for this. what he told me. And, and so as I do that, I can see it. Like, oh, man. And and my prayer is obviously that my kids could have a chance to engage in it as as I have even more so than I ever did. Yeah, and but what, they, what your kids see and all our kids see is how we engage with our Lord and Savior, how we live it out, how our personal relationship is, because that's the that's the fruit of fruit of it all. All right. Well, we have Trey is in Winston-Salem. We want your call at 866-348-7884. Trey, how about it, buddy? How do you keep um, God's law? Well, you know, it was the same verse in there about the meditation of thine heart. You know, keep the, and it says that I may not sin against thee. You know, it's talking about the, I'm paraphrasing, I can't remember the whole verse, but. Right, I've hidden know, thy word I in my heart you, I, that I will not sin against thee, right? That's right. There you go. Uh, you know, I think what God's looking for, he's looking for uh, uh, repenters. He's wanting people to repent. Um, he's looking for, um, you know, he's wanting us to, you know, for, for there's not one righteous, no, not one. He's, he's wanting people to see themselves. You know, what does that say? I think it's the what's that Corinthians says, examine ourselves, prove our own selves, lest we be reprobates in the faith you know i think he's looking for people to do self-examinations on their own selves and you know admit things and confess things um you know to, to kind of go through there and do that robbie i'll tell you i've been uh i've been feeling wet uh you know people may laugh at this but you know I, i've been feeling like a spiritual wetness for quite a while past few weeks um i told my my pastor the other day i was talking to him about it and uh, I said, I think, and this is, you know, a prelude to this. I said, I felt like I saw a man fall down in front of me. And I said, I said, I, I went outside the house. And I said, I felt like I seen something. I said, I, couldn't. I said, and I think it may have been man. And then I know, sir, I said, he, it was about the next day he called me, and he was beside another ch- church member, and he said a white powder stuff came and filled up his arms and uh, the lady that was beside of him. And he said, we had the same thing. And I said, you know, that's amazing. And then I started feeling this spiritual witness. Robbie, I believe that we're in the uh, uh, the season of the flood coming, I believe, you know, where God sent the rain down on the ark, you know, and, and he came through. And I think we're experiencing the rainfall from God. I think he's had enough. I think he's had enough of the sin. 
I think he's had enough with people being disobedient with the law. Uh, I think that people are doing their own thing and not adhering to what God is saying. And I think right now with this plague and stuff that's come on, I think God has done sent the rain down and the floodwaters are starting to rise up on the ark. And uh, that's I think that's what's going on right now because I've been feeling that spiritual rain coming down, and I feel like that's what's going on. Well, that's you know, a good time, time to get <laughs> to lean into Jesus, right? No better time. Probably. <laughs> I'm gonna than, than right now, you know, and I, I believe it is. I, believe, you know, I, I was talking to a preacher about it yesterday, and I said, you know, I, I've been feeling that, and you know, we just got back from the art trip, and uh, you know, kind of do that, and the Lord was the Spirit, and I was smelling that God aroma, the incense of the throne room. You know, all that stuff was going on right before I got into the art. We were looking at the monuments and all that stuff. You know, uh, we were in Kentucky, and it was just God knocking my socks off is what I told him. I said, you know, he was just really revealing some things. So you went to Ken Ham's um, ARC experience up there in Kentucky. Is that what you're saying, Trey? Yeah, we just got back. Just you know, we got back. I think it was was yesterday or day before yesterday. Isn't it the uh, the um, ARC experience? That's really cool. I bet he did knock your really socks neat. off right there. <laughs> he knocked, he well, knocked well, a few. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, yeah, I'm going to tell you, Robert, we got up here and looked at those monuments, you know, as I was getting and as I was going through looking at the monuments, and it's kind of like a history type thing of the movement in the hand of God, what he's done with creation. It was just like the, I, had, I had the Holy Ghost chills from the top of my head to the soles of my feet, and then I started smelling that fruity, flowery smell out of the incense of presence of God. I said, oh, my goodness, I said, God's wow. in this thing. I said, he's tearing me up. And and I told him, I said, I told him, I said, God's, God, God's just nailing me. I said, I told him, I said, I, we get on this thing. I said, this thing, it may not sail <laughs> on the water, but God will lift this thing up. I said, we might be going on up. We get in there. I said, I'm expecting the hand of God just come and lift this old boat on out of here. You know, and, I love your passion. Uh, I mean, good. that's awesome. <laughs> I, I'm telling you, Robbie, this stuff's real, man. going. It is real. It absolutely is real. That's your, that's your spirit. You know, con- confirming his spirit. So we gotta go to another break. But thank you, Trey, for calling in. You need to call in with how you keep the law. 866-348-7884. 866-34-TRUTH. Ah, we we do gonna have to get the car warned. He's, uh, sooner or later, we got to do it, so we're going to get there. Hang on. <laughs> You're listening to The Truth Network and truthnetwork.com. You get the Ginsu knife, the matching carving fork, the versatile 6-in-1 kitchen tool, a set of six steak knives, and the spiral slicer. You get them all, guaranteed in writing for 50 years. To infinity and beyond! Eternal warranty today on the Christian Car Guy Show. And, you know, the, the beautiful part of verse 41, when you think about it, is let thy mercies come also unto me on Lord, even, excuse me, I meant verse 44 is what I wanted to say. So I shall keep thy law continually forever and ever. So it's not just a matter of keeping it forever and ever, it's keeping it continually forever and ever. And, you know, wow. That's quite a warranty. I mean, that was a, quite a promise that that he made based on the things that he felt like he was seeing. And I keep 
working on that, Jerry, but I, you know, the continually part is really hard. <laughs> yeah, it's hard for us sometimes to wrap our mind around. And tomorrow, and tomorrow, and tomorrow. So I, I do want to say that, okay, well, you got this idea of a finite world where there is a warranty and there's, there's you know, the whole idea of perpetual motion's been out there forever. Like, how do you get a, a car to run forever? Well, they don't, okay? And, and in the finite world, things wear out. Even the sun is wearing out, you know, at, at some point. You know, all these things, you know, are, are in this state of, and so the idea of extended warranties came out, the, the manufacturers themselves started it, was they, you know, they would have a warranty for 12 months and then they would extend it for 36 if you paid extra, right? And then, you know, at some point in time, they came out with all sorts of different kind of warranties. And so what happened was there was just a mass confusion. And I think the mass confusion extends out to this day. And so I want to speak to it for a minute. And this is a finite issue, but nonetheless, in the car business, I came to understand that when a manufacturer gives you a warranty for something, they're saying that their vehicle is going to be free from defects in workmanship and material. That doesn't mean that they're going to fix something that wears out because that's not necessarily a defect. Okay, and I imagine many of you have faced this very thing I'm describing right now. Well, it wore out, so it's not on a warranty because it's supposed to wear out. Well, of course it wore out. Your brake shoes wore out, so they're not on a warranty. You get the idea? Or, you know, of course you need another air oil filter or air filter because, you know, those things where they were designed. That isn't a defect. That's the way that it was meant to be. Now there's a big crack in the block. Well, that's a defect. And so now we're going to cover that under the warranty for the period of time that it actually was. And that's what the original manufacturer warranties were. Well, when they went to service contracts, or these what we are called extended warranties, which actually probably would be a better term of service contract or insurance policy, because this is a completely different deal. This is not the manufacturer saying it's gonna be free from defects. This is saying if this happens to your car, you know, the engine laps, da, 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 then they're going to repair it. And there's a deductible like any insurance policy and 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 there's underwriting well you know where these people come out and look at this claim to make sure that this actually happened and because it's an insurance claim and so when you're looking at a service contract it's not when you're looking at it what they call an extended warranty it's not like the manufacturer's warranty it's not handled the same way they the, the factory doesn't pay the claims the same way and so it's just a, it's a different thing. So just understand what you're getting into if you're buying one. Now, if you're buying one from someone other than your manufacturer, in my opinion, not a good idea. <laughs> well, the, the, the key to that is understanding what you're buying. I mean, right, read the fine print. <laughs> so if I'm buying it from the manufacturer, the manufacturer has a reason, a, a motivation to take care of you because A, you're their customer, and B, they don't want their product to get a bad rap. And so for them to fix your car makes them looks like, well, Ford's builds a good car because they stood behind it, okay? But if you bought your warranty from so-and-so warranty company, they have no motivation, right, for Ford to look good or for GM to look good. In other words, you're taking away one of the primary motivations, not to mention those companies don't have the in infrastructure that Ford has or Isuzu or any of these people that, that, that manufacturers that sell their own extended warranties. Okay, so I'm going to just go on record as saying it's been my experience, having been on both sides of selling them and, and getting the claims paid, 
that the manufacturers pay their claims better than the independent companies. If you found that to be the same way, Jerry? Absolutely. No matter what Ric Flair may say. <laughs> <laughs> and so then comes to the question, are they even worth it? Well, what I it's fascinating to me. The people that least can afford them are usually the ones that need them the worst, right? This person that can't afford to be without their car and they don't have an extra $2,000 in their budget to put a transmission in their car, right? If something happens, they don't even have the credit necessarily to get that done on their car. Extended warranties, I've seen those things pay off for those kind of folks that had that kind of financial crunch, and that was huge. And, that was, and so actually, you know, in my daughter's case, when she bought her car, knowing her budget and whatever, I recommended to my daughter, get she bought a Chevy, get a Chevy, you know, General Motors extended warranty because... If something like that happens, you're you're covered. You know, you're covered. You got this. And so you know for this period of time, while you're making payments on this car, because she financed it like most people for 72 months, <laughs> you know, you're making payments. And now what happens if something goes wrong with the car on top of that? So there are times where I absolutely would recommend people buy a service contract. But when they do, I would recommend they buy it from the manufacturer and preferably the dealer that they're buying from the car from. Because now, in this case... My daughter bought that car from a Hendrick Chevrolet. Um, and so not only does Chevrolet have a, a reason to want to fix her car, but Hendrick's, she's Hendrick's customers too. And so when she's in there getting, you know, there's two motivations there in order to get that car fixed, which I want everybody to feel like they need to fix my daughter's car, <laughs> if that makes sense. Absolutely. <laughs> and, and, and yes, there is most assuredly an application to this when it when it comes to okay right relationship <laughs> are you picking are you picking up on the inside track here right because i have a relationship with hendrick chevrolet and because i have a relationship with chevrolet then they're more likely to take care of me well <clears throat> god has if you have a relationship with god and i and i really think this is where you know, if we just study, 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 study the Bible without the relationship, we end up in a horrible place, right? Like you can have all the knowledge in the world, but knowledge puffs up, but love builds up, right? So how are you, <laughs> you going to get the love without the relationship, right? And so I, I, I go back to what I think were some of the best words I ever was instructed or you know my favorite advice anybody was norman vincent peel said get up an hour early every morning pray there's the relationship ask god to show you what this stuff means and then read it right and and the relationship along with okay the word's just full of him right jerry yeah you know it talk relationships i mean that that's how do we understand like what we've gone through any any kind of crisis that you know we're talking about we're living through a pandemic and all the political and, and the social issues and stuff. We can get bombarded that unless we have a relationship. We don't see God in that. It's that relationship that it doesn't change those circumstances as much as it changes us and our view of those circumstances. And that's 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 beautiful when that when we allow God to, to work through us that way. It is. And I think that's the stuff. Again, I want to be one of those guys that's building stuff for centuries. I want to be one of those guys that does it for generations, you know, and so I need a lot of wisdom. <laughs> well, Robbie, every, everyone that, that, that is listening this morning has that ability. They have somebody in front of them that they can 
build the kingdom of God with. He wants to have that relationship and he wants you to read. So thank you for listening and spending time with us today. And now we got calls. (laughs) Never failed. But anyway, we would love for you to uh, continue the conversation on our podcast where I've been doing the 119th Psalm. I have an episode come out every day. I'm been taking this verse by verse so you can check that out at christiancarguy.com as well as at jesus labor love car repair labor for baal teshuvas okay the prodigal ladies out there single moms and widows thanks for listening to you're listening to the truth network and truthnetwork.com this is the truth network